You're tuned in to the OHL This Week podcast, covering news and stories from across the Ontario Hockey League each week. Here's your host, Kyle Watson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the show. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by Dallas Stars Director of Amateur Scouting, Joe McDonnell. A Kitchener, Ontario native, Joe played for and coached the Rangers before beginning his career as a pro scout in 1995. The Stars have drafted heavily out of the OHL in recent years, from Jason Robertson to Ty DeLandria. They currently have six prospects playing in the OHL, but we started out by talking about last year's CHL top scorer, Wyatt Johnston, and how he made the jump to the pros this season at just 19 years of age. You know, obviously we liked them and uh, drafting him in the first round and stuff, but he uh, uh, he really exceeded everything and, and probably more quickly than than we had anticipated. So um, all the credit goes to him. He uh, um, he's worked hard. He's, he's he was obviously a good player uh, to start. Did we know he was going to be that good that quick? No, we didn't know that, and we'd we'd be lying if we did say that. I'm interested. Like, is it a case where? Um, you know, he he had only played one year, so you weren't really sure where his potential lied, or was it a case where you know Mark Savard and, and the Winter Spitfires they've they've turned a lot of prospects out. You know, a lot of guys are making a lot of improvement year to year, even even this season. So I'm just interested to know specifically with Johnston, what what happened and how did he develop so rapidly in such a short period of time? Um, well, I, you know, I think the the year off definitely it hurt. Uh hurt everybody in, in their development type thing. But um, I think Mark Zavard did a, a tremendous job with Wyatt. Uh, um, then, it, you know, a big reason we took Wyatt in the first round was watching him as a as an underage and, and really liked him as an underage player and saw that uh, offensive potential. Now, when you're, you're missing almost a whole year after that, um, you know, you wouldn't think that the development was going to be that quick. So, um, again, all the all the credit to Wyatt with uh, uh, with the hard work he put in. I think during the uh, during the pandemic, etc. And um, you know, he did a, a tremendous job in getting his game up to speed. And uh, like I say, a lot quicker than we thought. What can you say about him as a character off the ice? Um, just a quality, quality kid. You know, we we got to know. Uh, uh, the family a little bit. We did a lot of uh, background checks on on most kids we do, but uh, Wyatt, there was, uh, and not many kids have any red flags type thing, but uh, with Wyatt, it was, uh, and Paul Coffey coached him um, in minor hockey. So Paul Coffey uh, was my partner in Kitchener. So I knew Paul pretty good. So uh, touched base with him just to see what uh, uh, what kind of player and, and what kind of kid Wyatt was to coach. And uh, there was just never a negative word that was said about him. Uh, you can just see the family, the mom and dad that I've, I've met, uh, uh, just quality people. And uh, they raised a very good, uh, good young man. So I want to move on to Jacob Holmes, who's in Windsor once again. The Spitfires are gearing up for a championship run. And, you know, I think Holmes was one of their targets at the trade down line that was really kind of emblematic of a championship team. You know, he was a captain for York Simcoe Express in minor hockey. He was a captain for the Wolves before he got traded to the Spitfires. Um, and he's kind of been described as an all-around, two-way, all-situations defenseman. Would you agree with that uh, characterization? 
Yeah, that's what he is. And, you know, being named or sort of being a named team captain on on any team that you play for, uh, uh, it's quite an honor, I think. And it, it just shows uh, the kind of character that you have. And uh, Jacob displays that, no question. And uh, as for his style of play, yeah, he's a, he's a two-way defenseman, I would say more so on the defensive side of things. And um, he's a guy that you can put out there in the last minute if you're up a goal, even if you're down a goal. Um, you know, he's very capable offensively. So um, he's a 200 foot guy and uh, you know we have high expectations for him. I want to ask a bit about that 2021 draft class so Johnston Holmes you also drafted Francesco Arcuri out of Kingston at the time now he's with Kitchener you, you drafted a lot of OHL players in a year when there was no OHL season so I, I'd just like to know a bit about your scouting process that season and you know how you still felt confident enough in those guys having not seen you know not, I don't think uh, any of those guys went to Europe that year. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, I think all the teams had the same issues, but uh, um, again, we relied a little bit on on their underage seasons. Uh, uh, Grushnikov, for example, uh, really liked him as an underage player. Uh, Then he goes, uh, you know, being from Russia and stuff, uh, uh, sort of... who knows where he was <laughs> type thing. We were trying to find him, trying to find video. So we basically uh, relied on our underage uh, viewings of him. Um, and that's how we took him. We did get some video out of Russia, but uh, uh, it was really hard to tell. You could hardly tell the numbers on the players. And uh, uh, we think we had him pegged in that one. But uh, again, he was he was mostly as, uh, as an underage, but for the rest of it, um, during the pandemic, it was uh, it was doing a lot of this, just uh, sitting watching your computer and um, trying to find uh, video clips and and different things on on all these players. So, and I think with with our Curie too, there was a little bit of a tournament in in Erie. Uh, prior to that draft so we did get some viewings there um, of him so it's uh, it was just we were just scrambling and just trying to get video as much as you could with our curry uh, kind of really exploded as a goal scorer this season in Kingston and then obviously had that move to Kitchener I'm sure you've had lots of looks at him since then how do you think he's fit in and you know what do you think he's got left uh, as the playoffs approach yeah, I think he's got lots left, and I think the the whole Kitchener team has lots left. I think they they made some trades to make a a bit of a run at it this year, and I, I don't think things have uh, panned out the way they had wanted to at this stage. But there's still uh, uh, still lots of time for them to to come together as a group, and um, they have a lot of quality players. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting playoff, I think, in the OHL uh, uh, both conferences, and um, but with Kitchener and Arcuri. Again, since we drafted him, uh, you know, his foot speed was was always the question mark. Uh, and I go back on another kid that we drafted a few years ago and Jason Robertson, uh, very similar type players. And um, if Francesco could ever turn out to be like that, that would be a, a feather in our cap type thing and in his his cap, too. But uh, he's really uh, taken strides to do that. His uh, his skating has come along. Um, I think his overall physical fitness uh, uh, has really come along and that improved his foot speed. So he's he has the hockey sense. He has that, that goal scorer's knack. So, um, you know, it's all on uh, all on him now. And I think he's really on the right right path. Take control with the all new CHL app, the home of every team, every fan and every moment. Supercharge your season with up to the minute scores. All the latest news, in-depth player and team stats, and the hottest highlights from around the league. Oh my, does it get any better than that? And 
now, the CHL app features thousands of live games at your fingertips all season long. Simply find your game of choice, log in with your existing CHL TV account, and stream all the live games as they happen on your phone, on your TV, or your favorite connected device. Never miss your favorite team with the CHL's on-demand feature. Watch any game, anytime, any place. The all-new CHL app, now with CHL TV. Find us on the Apple Store or Google Play Store and supercharge your experience today. I'm Antonio Stranz of the London Knights, and you're listening to the OHL This Week podcast. Starting off this week's Community Corner on March 8th, it is International Women's Day and the OHL is celebrating. International Women's Day is a global day in which the world celebrates the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women across the world. The OHL is proud to highlight women's contributions from across the league for their dedication, leadership, knowledge, and achievements made on and off the ice. We've asked each of our member teams to spotlight a woman from their organization, showcasing their professional careers and the importance of celebrating women not only today, but every day. Looking ahead at this week's schedule, on Friday night in Ottawa, we've got Staycation as well as Pride Night in Sudbury. St. Patrick's Day is almost here as Friday and Saturday, Hamilton and Erie are hosting their annual St. Patrick's Day games. There's lots of fun continuing to be had across the league as the Windsor Spitfires will be hosting their Hawaiian night, the Barry Colts will be hosting their country night, and the Saginaw Spirit will be hosting their hockey for the homeless night. mentioned Jason Robertson I've spent a lot of time this year talking about him on this podcast and you know I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you that you know the stars are kind of one of the organization in, in the league right now that a lot of people are looking to as you know great drafters just the amount of talent you're pulling out of later rounds is really impressive and I'm just interested to know what's your scouting philosophy and you know can you use kind of Jason Robertson or a Korea you know as an example of to me it seems like you're just not looking at any sort of problems and betting on upside and and banking on your organization to develop and get the most out of these players. Yeah, a lot of it is is development and your development system and stuff and and uh, our development guys Rich Peverly and Par Johansson we have in Sweden uh, have done a great job with these uh, with these kids once we do draft them. But as for for scouting and looking at players and and etc., they have to have. Uh, you know, some really good uh, elements to their game that uh, obviously make them uh, draft worthy, I think, for any team. And then uh, a lot of it is is luck. You know, you get lucky. It, um, you know, people say Jason Robertson was a steal in the second round. Yeah, it was a steal in the second round, but he was rated um, for us in the first round. But the skating kept him out and the skating kept him out for for 32 other teams at that time, too. So it's we got lucky to get him in the second round. And um, uh, I go back to my Detroit days and and people say, oh, boy, you got that suit in the sixth round. That's what great scouting. And I said, no, if, great scouting. We would have taken him in the first round. So it's you get lucky sometimes. All right. Well, the last player out of that 2021 class, Justin Ertl, a Kitchener native, obviously wasn't in the OHL at the time, but now he is with North Bay. What have you made of his transition to the OHL? Well, it was, I think, slow to start, but he really started to pick it up. 
um, mid-season. Now he, he got injured, uh, so he's missed, he's uh, a month or two now. So uh, we're hoping that he's going to be back. I think he started skating now. We're hoping he's going to be back come playoff time for, for North Bay to, to make a good run with them. They Again, they have a really good team, so hopefully they're going to go deep and that can only help uh, uh, help his game, I think. So, you know, he was really coming along and it was unfortunate with the injury, but he is a good player. He has a good skill set and uh, uh, again, we're looking for for good things from him. I want to ask you about Artem Grushnikov in Hamilton. I feel like you know you, you don't see too many players this day nowadays, or, or they don't get too much hype around them when they're just kind of a true, steady, stay-at-home defenseman, or maybe not necessarily stay stay at home, but just don't have that you know offensive power play um, you know pop to them. So um, you know, what do you see in a guy like that, and where do you see his value lying at the NHL level? He's, uh, I just love watching him play. He's, uh, uh, we sort of compare him to like an Essa Lindell that plays on our team in Dallas. Um, Essa would much prefer to to uh, block a shot than score a goal. Well, Artem is is the same. You can just see him when there's a, a penalty kill coming up. He he doesn't even let the coach tell him he's out, out there. He's jumping the boards. He's getting out because he's he knows he's going to be able to block a shot or clear the front of the net. Or um, he just takes total pride in that. Uh, would we have liked him to to get some power play time and some offense? Uh, he has a bomb of a shot. But unfortunately, he didn't get it uh, in Hamilton. And uh, right now, he's just finishing his career there. And uh, hopefully, again, they have a, a run in the playoffs. They had a good run last year. Um, so he's he's ready for that next step. So moving on to the 2022 class, Christian Kairou and Gavin White, two tremendous skaters. So let's start with Kairou. I'm interested to know, you know, he was a big riser in his draft year. So what kind of progress did you see throughout the year? And, and at what point were you, you know, ready to say, you know, this is one of our guys we'd like to pick him? Yeah, he was probably January, February is when he really started jumping off the, the charts for us. Uh, um, you know, again, we likened him to a kid we had was uh, John Klingberg uh, in Dallas. And uh, just the way he sees the ice, uh, uh, the way he skates, uh, does he have to get stronger? Yeah, he does. Um, to play at the next level, but he has everything else going for him. The the, the hockey sense and the smarts and the offensive uh, capabilities are are uh, very high with him. So, um, you know, it's going to be up to him and uh, he'll be turning pro next year and um, he's going to have to good, have a good summer of, of working out, maybe add some some uh, muscle to his, his frame, but uh, he's got uh, high end potential. Now, Gavin White is an interesting case study because he was drafted out of the U18 draft. And, you know, you don't see as many guys get drafted out of that U18 OHL draft that go to the NHL. He's one of few. Join the Peter Rowe Peets. Um, one commonality looking at all these guys you draft is, is right now they're all on championship rosters making runs. So, you know, what does that say about the players you've drafted? And, and what can you say about Gavin White? Well, hopefully that rubs off onto the Dallas group. <laughs> but uh, uh, Gavin White, uh, you know, we'd go to watch uh, Grushnikov play, and um, every time I left, I'd come walking away. I go, "This Gavin White, like he just uh, the way he skates the puck out of trouble and and different things." Uh, again, he didn't get a lot of power play time his his draft year, but you could see the potential there with them, and they had other guys. Uh, um, you know, that were probably more capable on the power play, but um, he just, uh, the way he skates, he's a National League skater. Um, again, he's got to add some some muscle weight to him, but uh, um, he's, again, he's a high-end prospect for us. 
what can you say just about you know his development path and you know how far he's come in the past couple of years and what does that say overall about prospects and how we see them you know when you can have a guy who's like you just said an nhl quality skater that didn't even get drafted in the ohl uh, in the u16 draft yeah it's you know i guess that's where you, you want to tell kids uh, um, never give up like never give up just keep trying you know there's a reason why you're playing in the ohl um, so just use whatever capabilities you have and try to improve on those things. And, um, you know, there's always NHL scouts at every every OHL going or uh, OHL game that's on. So uh, don't ever give up because you're being seen all the time. And if you've got the uh, capabilities, uh, uh, things can work out for you. And Gavin White's a perfect example. Well, Joe, that's all the questions I have for you. Like I said, I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming back and talking to the, the O fans, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll, they'll be happy to hear this one. Okay, glad to be back. Thank you. Gary Roberts' first meeting with legendary OHL coach Brian Kilray was brief, but it had impact. Kilray had two tips for the youngster, who had just been picked by the Ottawa 67s in the second round of the OHL draft. Quote, I came down to the draft table, Roberts reflected. I had long hair and blue jeans on. The first round pick was Bruce Cassidy, and he had a suit on. I remember Brian Kilray saying to me, get your hair cut, get yourself in shape, we'll see you in September, end quote. Roberts listened to his new coach and returned as a 16-year-old ready for his first OHL season. He brought a nice blend of skill and toughness and put together respectable numbers as an OHL freshman. Quote, they used to wind me up and throw me out there. That was pretty much it, said Roberts. I was 165 pounds, probably 5 foot 10, an absolutely scrawny kid who played with a little spunk. End quote. Roberts grew into a more important role in successive seasons with the 67s. He doubled his rookie scoring totals and skated on a line with scoring stars Adam Creighton and Don McLaren. The trio helped the 67s win the Memorial Cup in 1984, Roberts' second junior season. Quote, it was an unbelievable feeling, said Roberts. You're 17 years old and you've won a Memorial Cup. I had a lot of good friends on the 67s. In your teenage years, memories stick with you more than any other time in your life, and that was a pretty big high. End quote. The championship also helped Roberts at the NHL draft table. The Calgary Flames took him with the 12th pick in the first round of the 1984 NHL draft. Roberts enjoyed another productive season in Ottawa and was named captain in his final year. Kilray had left Ottawa to take a coaching position with the New York Islanders. In midway through the year, Ottawa owner Earl Montagano approached Roberts about a trade to the Guelph Platers. Quote, They were more than willing to let me stay in Ottawa, but I thought it would be nice to go to another Memorial Cup. End quote. Roberts was a dominant force in Guelph. He scored 18 goals and 31 points in their 20-game playoff run to the OHL Championship and led the team to a Memorial Cup title in Portland. He also won a Stanley Cup three years later with the Calgary Flames. Quote, you look back at the friendships with the teammates that you went through those battles with. My two coaches, Brian Kilray in Ottawa and Jacques Martin in Guelph, had huge impacts on my NHL career. I have great memories of junior hockey and how it taught me to be a good person on and off the ice. It helped me get to where I am today. End quote. Gary Roberts played in the NHL until 2009 recording over 900 points in more than 1,200 career NHL contests. He's now a top source in high-performance training and nutrition for junior and professional players, and his son Noah is a defenseman for the Hamilton Bulldogs.
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the OHL This Week podcast. Make sure to tune in to next week's episode where we begin previewing the OHL playoffs. <laughs>